0: And Purdue gets the punt blocked. Nebraska is going to recover this right down around the goal line.
1: From 10-11 now.
0: Martinez under duress, but he can improvise. And improvise he does. And into the end zone, Adrian Martinez.
1: And the 10-11 studios in Lincoln, Nebraska.
0: And another screen to the outside and into the end zone. Touchdown, Wyatt Luer, the sophomore. First of his career.
1: This is the n Report Podcast.
0: It's actually Lever, as in Wyatt Lever, receiver for the Nebraska football team, scoring a touchdown in the Huskers' second one of the season. It came this past Saturday against Purdue. With Dan Corey and Brett Baker, I'm Kevin Suits. Gentlemen,
1: did you know Wyatt Lever is a wide receiver at Nebraska prior to Saturday? I did not, but I saw the Huddle clip that you had tweeted from his time at O'Neill. And that's got to be one of the better one-handed catches I've ever seen. I mean, like, he went up. Did you know
2: Cooper Jewett was a running back before Saturday at
1: Nebraska? (laughs) Again, we we learned so much on Saturday, and we enjoyed learning it because they were winning.
2: I think everybody in the state said, who is that?
0: (laughs) All at one time when Jewett got the handoff. (laughs) Well, not only did Cooper Jewett get in the game, he got to carry the football. And when Scott Frost says they're deep on the depth chart at the running back room, we didn't go. We didn't know it would go that deep. Uh, Cooper Jewett, by the way, is from Elkhorn South. Wyatt Lever, as Brett mentioned, from O'Neill High School. Stand up, Nebraska Natives. Man, did they play a big role in that win over the Boilermakers.
2: Well, you tweeted out uh, about midway through the game about all the homegrown Huskers making an impact, whether they're on scholarship or walk-on. Of course, the game basically started out with Simon Odie uh, recovering York. a block punt and being uh, first one to congratulate him, Garrett Snodgrass, high school teammate, um, and uh, Luke Reimer always around the field, as you said, Wyatt Lever, um, and many more uh from the state of Nebraska, whether that's walk on or scholarship making an impact. So that makes a lot of people puff out the chest with some pride, Ben Stilley, Ashland, Garrett uh, Nelson, obviously Scott's bluff.
1: Two touchdowns that should have been the blocked punt. That's a classic scoop and score right there. And Austin Allen's unfortunate, his speed overcame himself fall before hitting the goal yeah
0: dan you say that it made a lot of people puff out their chest yeah you love you know scott frost has rebuilt the walk-on program and here it is helping nebraska in a pretty pivotal way but you know the post that you've referenced dan i was surprised that it generated some negative feedback and there was quite a bit of it on saturday because some folks took it as well that's why we're two and four It's because you're leaning too much on homegrown talent and you're not getting the stars and the flashy recruits that are up there on the rivals top 250. You can slice it either way. I think from what Scott Frost has said from the beginning, needing to rebuild the culture within the program, I've always found that there is great value in having homegrown players at the core of the program. Do they need to be the stars at every spot? Probably not, but you need them. They're important. And so that's where it's really cool. And Dan, I think you can attest to this as well. Some of these guys like Snodgrass, Odie, Lever, Austin Allen, they're guys that we've covered in high school at 10-11. So we got to watch these guys. Some of them take the field at the varsity level as early as high school freshmen. Cam Juergens comes to mind. So we have not only been covering them the past couple of years as Nebraska Cornhuskers, but as young men, who have gone through their adolescence and now they are playing major roles at Nebraska. So I, I, I always have a soft spot for some of those homegrown players, especially the ones that come from the ten eleven viewing area.
2: Well, Nebraska fans do because that uh, do as well for the most part. Um, like you said, you can slice it either way, but it brings back that nostalgia. Um, for, for them, because the walk ons and the, and the homegrown Huskers are, are part of the tradition here and Scott Frost made that a priority when he got here and he said it's going to take some years year three year four we're in year three, and, and we're starting to see that emerge. the thing is is like some of these guys are so young. Odie, redshirt freshman or sophomore, uh, Garrett Snotgrass, redshirt freshman, Garrett Nelson, redshirt freshman, Luke Reimer, redshirt freshman. Yeah, on and on and on. It's just like, you know, when, when those quote unquote home ground guys were playing in the in, in the 90s on the O-line, we're talking about redshirt seniors. Um, and, and so maybe that's uh, maybe why they're not performing just at, at an elite level yet. Um, I think we all see that, Luke Reimer is going to have a really good career here uh, um, among with with some other ones, too.
0: Yes, this Nebraska football team is young. We've seen some growing pains throughout the course of this season. The Huskers are into their second game of December this week. They have Minnesota ahead. The Big Red is two and four, and there is just a slew of conference teams with two wins. We'll talk a little bit more about how the Big Ten um, is really in a very odd situation as it nears the end of the regular season. But as for the game ahead, it is quote-unquote senior day, and Nebraska plays Michigan. We say quote-unquote because – Based on the uniqueness of 2020, everyone has the option of returning next year. So we still don't quite know what the university plans to do in terms of any senior day festivities. But this could very well be the final game for uh, a number of players within the Nebraska football program. Dan, there are 17 seniors on the roster. Some of them would likely want to move on with their life and pursue a profession, whatever their degree is in. Maybe maybe they have an inroad or there's a job that's waiting for them. And so the real world awaits. And there's others that maybe they do opt to come back and help the team. It's an interesting dynamic, not only from the coach's perspective and managing the roster, but from the players. What do you do?
2: Well, I mean, this is going to be the strangest senior day ever because, A, you're, you're not going to have a crowd, Um, So that's just completely different anyways. B, you don't know if it's going to be your last game at Memorial Stadium. Uh, You probably will by Saturday, I would hope, but no one has any idea what's going to happen with that Big Ten Champions weekend that's supposed to happen on December 19th, Uh, whether that's played at Memorial Stadium or at a dome or if Nebraska plays at all. And then you add in factor C, which you talked about, which some of these seniors um, probably still don't know if they want to come back or not. As you alluded to, uh, every senior has an opportunity to uh, come back, at least on paper, if he wants to. Now, whether uh, Scott Frost and the coaching staff says it's time to move on, uh, uh, to keep some spots open on the team, that's a a different dynamic. But I think it's a case-by-case basis uh, for instance, you look at a guy like uh, Diedrich Mills, um, who who wants to make it to the league and at the end of last year had so, mo- so much momentum. He, he's a junior college transfer um, and then he get, gets injured this year. So he really doesn't even have like a real senior season. You have a guy like Jojo Doman that has developed so much as a player and Gets better every game, it, it seems like, and his trajectory right now is just up and up and up. But he's been in the program now for four or five years. Uh, so, what if you do it if you're him? It's just it, it's going to be interesting to see who comes back and and who doesn't. Uh, if the right ones come back. Uh, that, that is really good news for Nebraska because even though Frost alludes to depth at a lot of places and a lot of young guys, it's nice to have uh, some of that experience coming back, especially if it's someone like Dedrick Mills at the running back spot.
1: Here's some reasons why some of those guys who probably don't have NFL aspirations but still like playing football might want to. This year's four-year seniors will be the first seniors in 59 years at Nebraska to graduate without a winning record if the Huskers don't win their next three this year's fifth year seniors would be the first ones in 27 years to graduate and leave Nebraska without winning a bowl game. Wow. Those are, those are pretty big carrots dangling out there if like, Hey, maybe I can work on my masters and come back for one more and give it one more go. Cause I see this thing getting on the right track because those, those are just stats that I don't think anybody could have foreseen five, 10, years ago at all, and now they're very much real. Thanks for crunching some
0: very unglamorous numbers there, Brett.
1: Well, so (laughs) there is a sixth-year senior on this year's squad in the form of Christian Gaylord, who's the only Husker who's been on a winning bowl team. That would be the Foster Farms Bowl in Santa Clara, California, circa Mike Riley's first year.
0: I know we don't need to go back and recap everything that's happened over the past six years, five years or four years, because it's pretty well documented. And we're just we would just be maybe making some people really angry if we go down that road <laughs> and regurgitate everything. They, Brett, I think there's an el- also an element to that about, you know, they see the momentum. They, they feel the momentum. They see the trajectory. Maybe they want to come back and be a part of uh, something special in 2021. I could also see one of those old souls just saying, I've had enough. And it's time, you know, because there are no guarantees that the tide does turn next year, though I think it is pretty noticeable that um, things are trending in the right direction. And the most recent win against Purdue um, certainly kind of validates that. Ben Stilley even said, I think that that's interesting. Stilley, one of the guys who's had an incredible career and endured quite a bit. I mean, he came to Lincoln from Ashland Greenwood High School just down the road. I was an outside undersized outside linebacker, just a great athlete. He's put on like 60 pounds in college. He's changed positions. He's had multiple defensive coordinators. And then out of all of it, he says one of the highlights of his career was beating Purdue.
2: To be honest, Kevin, out of that entire press conference on Monday, that is one that is probably going to stick with me. Uh, obviously the fact that
0: Vince Dilley said beating Purdue was a highlight of his career.
2: Yes, one of the highlights, and and now obviously over that time, Nebraska's had better wins than than Purdue, um, and, and that's fresh in his mind. He also brought up 2018 Michigan State uh, on senior day, but that, Brett, all those stats that you brought up, that statement by stilly kind of just brings it all together, that, um, you know, you talk to former players, and you know, playing in the Capital One Bowl or uh, the Big Ten Championship or Big Twelve Championships, obviously going back to national championships to highlighted their career, and, and for um, Ben to say that, and it's no knock on Ben um, because it was a, a good win, and it, it shows the uh, where the players think that this program is headed,
0: um, but that that does say a lot. I'm going to list off some of the seniors here, guys. Since we're on, on this topic, DiCaprio, Boodle, Jared, Bubak, Ty Chapman, Markel, DeSmuke, JoJo, Doman, Levi, Falk, Matt, Farniak, Christian Gaylord, Will Honus, Brendan Hymas, Colin Miller, Diedrich Mills, Brian uh, Brian Perez, Ben Dilly, Jack Still, Deontay Williams, Bo Will, uh, Wilson. And as you read that list, man, each of those guys have their own story. One of the points that I want to get out here on the In Report podcast is Dan. As you know, as we cover this team year in and year out, we start to develop relationships. You get to know some of these guys uh, beyond the football field, get to know them a little bit personally. And for some of the guys, as we mentioned previously, uh, we have a pre-existing relationship having covered some of the local kids in high school. Um, This is a good, good group, and I really feel bad for them, especially knowing that their careers are tied to the record in which Brett had just mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, it's not for a lack of effort. Uh, these are great character guys. Um, specifically I think of, you know, Will Honus. He was only here a couple of years, but, uh, just an absolute great dude. Matt Farniak time and time again, went to the uh, post-game press conference and, uh, the Monday news conferences and willingly talked about the, the smuck that was the previous weekend. Cause he was oftentimes the voice that had to kind of answer some questions about a not so good performance. Uh, In DiCaprio Boodle, Ben Stilley's awesome. Uh, Bo Wilson, great dude. Deontay Williams talked time and time again, and he's just a ball player. Um, But DiCaprio Boodle, I feel like, is one guy that I'm so happy for his senior season. Though the Huskers are two and four, uh, I I feel like this year, if nothing else, it maybe got the word out about DiCaprio, which his story provides inspiration for young student-athletes across the nation, the fact that he was – Very lowly recruited. And it just happened to be that he was at a satellite camp and got seen by a couple of coaches. And then all of a sudden, his name started to get out there a little bit and Nebraska wanted him. And he said it felt great to feel wanted. So he took the visit, thought Lincoln seemed cool, came here, had no idea what his career would look like. And now he's a multiple year starter. Finally got a pick and he ranks in the top 10 Uh, in school history in career past breakups. So, you know, through all of it, I will never, ever link DiCaprio Boodle's career to failures by the Nebraska football team. I will link it to his story of being an individual that few people gave any sort of a chance that carved out his own path, proved some doubters wrong. And I will always hold him in high regard, good character and a hard worker and a great example of patience. We'll look at a guy like Brendan
2: Hymas and what a get that ended up to be uh, by Mike Cavanaugh, um, the former offensive line coach for Nebraska, uh, getting him all the way up from Texas, 39 consecutive starts on the offensive line uh, getting thrown out there at, at such a young age uh, against the big 10 defensive line. Uh, kudos to him for, um, uh, for doing that. And, and that's a, a great career. And now he's developed and he's going to hear his name called in the NFL draft. Um, uh, Jojo Doman is another one. And and I talked about his trajectory as a player and he just continues to get better and better. And he is a really fun person to be around. Uh, Jojo is, is just a fun guy. Uh, certainly someone that I enjoy talking to and Diedrich and Mills, I think every time uh, he talks, uh, Nebraska fans start to love him more and more. And Scott Frost said on Monday that he's just a positive guy. He never stops smiling, and he's he just a great guy to be around. And and Kevin, we've had some, uh, we've heard some great one-liners from Diedrich. And, and uh, we sat down with him last year for No Year Husker, and he talked about the people of Nebraska and just how welcoming they were to him um, that he, he really didn't understand kind of the culture around this state. Yeah, he's from the South and he just loves it up here. He loves the people of Nebraska. I would not be surprised if he stayed for another year. And I know that the coaching staff is probably hoping he does because yeah, you got some young talent in that running back
0: room, but they're not, they're not up to the level that Dedrick Mills is. You know, Diedrich Mills, the reason Dan, you mentioned his one liners, I think one of the reasons uh, we tend to be engaged uh, at a high level when he's talking at the podium, sometimes it's kind of hard to understand what he's saying because he talks kind of fast, he's got a deep voice, you know, Uh, and and he's got a playful look on his face all the time. Uh, he sneaks those little one-liners in there. I mean, it's not that his his statements are full of fluff, and then he sneaks a, a good quote in there. It's just he is so fun-loving. Sometimes you're wondering which way the train of thought is going to go, and he's all around something kind of fun and cool and quote-worthy. And then all of a sudden, he throws something in there. Um, we've heard the beast mode comment that he compared himself to Marshawn Lynch a couple of years ago. That's fun and playful. And then he said something on Monday about. We're so hungry. You know, just the way he said it, like if I said we're so hungry, it doesn't really have much impact. But the way he says it, it it is so good. And I want to bring something up because I just noticed this, guys, as we're on the podcast. Um, I read off the seniors that are on Nebraska's uh, game notes for this week, which is listed at 17. There is another senior on the roster but he's not listed in the group and where they uh, have all the seniors placed in the little write-up about it being senior day on Saturday. And that player is Connor Culp, the Juco or the LSU transfer at kicker. And if there's one player, I was going to say, before we got into all this discussion, if there's one player I would really like to see come back next year, that's a senior, it is Connor Culp, because it makes a world of difference. When the Huskers, I'm not saying it's a guaranteed three, but the level of confidence that Scott Frost and the teammates have in Connor Culp making a field goal, it's at a pretty high level, probably all the way back to Drew Brown. And I'm not saying Connor Culp is Drew Brown part two.
1: He's 12 of 13 on the year. He's by far got the most field goals and best percentage of anyone. He's the Huskers' only first team all Big Ten shoe in. I think he has to be. And you just think about as uncertain as that position was last year, how certain it is under that young man's leg, and it makes it makes Saturday all the way different. Because okay, maybe they get in the red zone and they don't get a score, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna or don't get a touchdown, but they get three points. So I mean, they had like a run there. I think where five of their first six possessions they scored either six or three, and that just builds and builds and builds. And yeah, that I hope I hope that that is. I mean, that's a great spot. I hadn't even thought about it until you started talking about it, that he is going to come back because I think he is somebody who certainly a could could be a benefit to himself and to the Huskers.
0: And for Scott Frost, it's been a revolving door at the kicker position. I mean, last year, you know, they ran out a guy that was on the club soccer team and Matt Waldock. You know, there was no certainty at the kicker position under Scott Frost. And here Connor Colt comes in, and I don't think he's getting enough pub. And Brett, you mentioned him possibly being all conference. I find it wild that he hasn't even received the Big Ten Kicker of the Week honor once this season. He has been so reliable and consistent. He's just done it quietly, and his field goals have come spaced out.
1: Well, I think as you know his story a little bit from LSU, he came in pretty well recruited and had a really great freshman year. And then he got kind of sidetracked a little bit and he lost some ground to some guys in front of him. I think he definitely sees and feels this as a second chance and an opportunity to, you know, put his kind of stamp on his college career the kind of way he wants it. And I'm sure they'll keep that door open for him there for as long as he'll he'll stay.
2: But well, think how Nebraska just took the the kicking for granted all those years because – Nebraska was just so good. You think about Chris and Josh Brown, and obviously most recently Drew Brown and Alex Henry. Uh, like you said, kicker you. And and then all of a sudden, boom, last year it was just a train wreck. And, <laughs> and and so now, like you said earlier this year, you're you're having some of those flashbacks, and and um just to be able to kind of breathe a little when the field goal unit comes out on the field and The thing about uh, Connor is he fits the culture of Nebraska great. He spoke to the media one time this season, and it looked like he just got done duck hunting up near Seward.
1: (laughs) Or he was going duck hunting. Yeah, he was like ready to go.
2: And this is after his truck
1: got stolen, by the
2: way.
0: (laughs) Nobody go out there and try stealing his truck. I think one other thing that's interesting about the kicker position and the possibility of Connor Culp coming back is it's not like there's somebody directly behind him waiting in the wings, you know, if he were to leave, then the Huskers might go back to that same spot. It was in the past couple of years. Was, Who's going to be our kicker. Um, there are some young guys at that position, but nobody that I feel like uh, Scott Frost has put all of his faith in to be the inherent um, the guy to get that job next. You know, Tyler Crawford is on uh, the roster. They have a, a guy from Australia. That's that's, but, but nobody uh, gave Hines from Kearney, but again, I don't feel like there, there's a, a situation where the coaching staff has guaranteed a player that they're going to get a lot of run at the kicker spot, as maybe was is the case at other positions, where they say, all right, we just want you to learn for a few years, and then the job is yours. I don't know that they have that at the kicker spot, not to mention, when you got a good thing going – You want to ride it as long as they can. And I think the Huskers and the fans would agree with this too, that they want to ride Connor Culp all the way into 2021, if possible. Maybe I'm making something out of an oversight by the sports information department that they just happened to leave Connor Culp off of that list in the paragraph that I was reading um, in the game notes for Nebraska versus Minnesota. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe there is some legs behind why he was left off. We will continue to look into that as the week wears on. Ahead is another 11 a.m. contest. The Huskers, face Minnesota. And as far as we know, on Monday afternoon, this game will happen. The Golden Gophers, of course, have had a COVID-19 outbreak within the program. They have not played over the past two weeks and they will be shorthanded, but they still would meet the requirements by the Big Ten based on what P.J. Fleck told the media on Monday afternoon, that they are not in red, red. They uh, The door is open for them to play in the Golden Gophers. It sounds like they want to come to Lincoln to play and Nebraska has even said as much that they will play anytime, anywhere against whomever. However, you know, they would like to play in Lincoln and they would like to play the golden Gophers who they have started their prep for.
2: Well, credit to uh, PJ Fleck for uh, going ahead with this and, and uh, pushing to play uh, this game. Uh, and Nebraska remembers last year's game um, from 2019, 38 to seven and, uh, was that game it was snowing Kevin you were up there We you're both up there yeah and um, man Nebraska just got pushed around that night and Scott Frost had the comment after the game you know we don't want our uh, guys going out there in hoodies Uh, and I think DiCaprio Boodle was probably the most honest uh, when speaking about last year's game they remember it Um, Ben Stilley says we're we're, uh, ready to stop the run which Nebraska has been good at this year and uh, Minnesota is going to be hurting because it's not going to have very much depth for this game. Uh, so um, it all it, it all sets up for another Nebraska win.
1: The last number I saw was twenty players. They they look to probably be down twenty players, and even if they're not starters, that's depth. Uh, so that is a big time hit for them. But yeah, you want I mean if you're playing football and that's what they're there for. You know, I'm sure PJ and those guys want to be out there giving it their best shot.
0: Yeah. And you got to believe that during their quarantine, Minnesota has been doing a lot of study on uh, Nebraska and they've got more evidence here um following a preliminary scouting report based on what Nebraska did against Purdue in which the Huskers did open up the playbook a little bit. And they also showed some different things defensively, you know, yes, Nebraska is a favorite in this game, but you know, it's 2020 and anything can fly. The one thing, Dan, you mentioned how DiCaprio Boodle says we got to stop the run. Minnesota, by the numbers, and you got to go based on averages in twenty twenty because not everybody is playing the same amount of games, so the grand totals of everything are way off. But Minnesota runs the ball fairly well. Muhammad Ibrahim has thirteen rushing touchdowns, and keep in mind that's over five games. Uh, he's really good. The Gophers like to pound the football. They've fallen short of expectations, especially considering the way that they kind of took the conference by storm a year ago, Uh, but they're over 400 yards per game on offense. But then again, you know, Nebraska's defense has played really well the last couple of weeks, but I I don't know that this is just a shoe in win. Uh, Dan, I agree with you. Yes. It's a game Nebraska should win. um, But, but it's going to be interesting. Minnesota will be excited to play, you know, it's the two weeks off. I couldn't imagine being a division one college athlete and not being able to participate for two weeks and how hard that must be. That would take a physical toll that would take an emotional toll and who knows what the response would be, especially when, when they were out over, you know, one of the holidays, Thanksgiving, you know, they were bunked up and couldn't really do anything. So Uh, I'm sure it's been a pretty adventurous few weeks for the Golden Gophers. Um, And whether they're playing against Nebraska or whomever, I'd just be happy to see them on the field on Saturday for the sake of those student
1: athletes.
2: Well, this game is super important for Nebraska. Um, And Wandale said that on, on Saturday uh, night after the Purdue game of just how important that win at Purdue was getting some momentum for the rest of this season and into 2021. And as disappointing as this season has been at times for Nebraska, uh, if it can string together however many games it has left, whether that's the, just the Minnesota game or the Champions weekend or even the possibility of a bowl game, you take the 500,000-foot view and you look at it as Nebraska finishes 4-4, four and four,
1: Winning 500,
2: streak. something like that. Um, uh, and, and then you look at the Northwestern and the Iowa losses and as frustrating as they were, Um, Nebraska was right there again against those teams and you would just hope okay uh, we have the talent coming back next year is the year we're going to get them because I think that Illinois game it just it's stuck in everybody's craw and hopefully um, that is just an outlier um, that Nebraska can point to for years to come and just be
0: like that game kind of stands alone by itself that it was just a, a, a dud Dan, I get what you're saying about building some momentum for the next year, but I think some fans are a little bit scarred by 2018 because that's what happened in Scott Frost's first year. Rotten start, but they finished strong, and everybody thought, oh, well, look at how November went. We've got some momentum going into year two for Frost. The momentum kind of went out the window. You know, they didn't really utilize it uh, in a positive way, and so 2018 kind of became a standalone year, and it wasn't like – 2019 became a continuation of 2018, so I I, I know what you're saying about, of course, they want to try to finish on a winning streak and have some good vibes around the program as they go through spring football and offseason workouts, but it doesn't always translate into wins when it comes to next August, so, um, and and the the topic of bowl games, maybe it's just me, guys, and I don't know what our listeners are going to think about this, and uh, feel free to disagree, many people do, including my wife, all the time, but Bowl games are 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 we even sure they're going to happen? There have been a number of them that have been canceled, and I think given the circumstances of twenty twenty, you know, I think we're just thankful that we got games in at, at all the different conferences. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around they're actually being bowl games. Perhaps they will happen, but I feel like it's just gravy. And I it's it goes back to where we were in August for me about the whole college football season. I'll believe it when I see it.
1: Uh, three of the bowl games that the Big Ten has ties to, and they do have ties to several, have already canceled and said they're not going to play this year. The Pinstripe Bowl, the Quick Lane Bowl, and the Red Box Bowl. Venerable institutions, one and all. And, and for those towns, and I lived in San Antonio for 17 years, and we covered the Alamo Bowl every year, and it's by far my, my most favorite bowl game of the spectrum just because I know those guys. I know the work they put into it. And I know what it means to the city. And it's a fun time. If you guys have been down to San Antonio and on the Riverwalk, there is no better place for a college football game in December than San Antonio. But if fans aren't allowed in the stands, I mean, bowl games are atmosphere. You know, you want those, those fan bases there. You want them filling up the town, drinking the beer and eating the food. And at their core, they're also nonprofits. Not a lot of people know that bowl games are operated as nonprofits. So, are, would they be going into the hole? I mean, yes, I know the TV money is there, but what are they getting out of it if they're losing money? Otherwise, it's
0: basically another crossover game. And right now, you know, week nine in the Big Ten is still undetermined. You know, we're we're under two weeks away, uh, a week away, excuse me, and, and we don't even know who's playing who where they're going to be played are they going to be in domes neutral sites they're going to be a host schools uh we don't know are they going to be friday and saturday they're just going to be i mean people are having a hard time figuring out what's happening in one week are we really going to have two teams from across the country play each other at a neutral site in and in a non-conference at, or a non-revenue making atmosphere like you said brett when there are no fans it's For me, the bowl game thing is just so wild. I understand it from an internal perspective where a coach may say, all right, we're going to try to win this game. We're going to try to win that game. We're going to try to get to a bowl game and win that. We can have a winning record. I get it from a motivational standpoint. It's just the reality of it. I, I I look at it with a skeptical eye, and I apologize if that kind of ruins some spirits for some people that love watching bowl games um, to finish the college football season. I am one of them. I absolutely yep. love them, but I just don't know that it's going to happen or if it's even the smartest thing to do uh, in 2020. I can certainly see the college football playoff happening, though, whatever bowl games are tied in. Sure. To the bracket. I can totally see that because it's going to help determine a national champion. And I think the powers that be, they want that to happen. And maybe the new year six. So there will be a Rose Bowl, even though they've announced that game will not have fans. But I think playing 30 plus games, you know, spanning from New York City to Pasadena to San Antonio to Ford Stadium in Detroit. I I don't I don't think that that's going to happen, in
1: my opinion.
2: Well, yeah, the playoff is guaranteed. Um, Beyond that, who knows? This is just a a real quick topic. Um, You know, let's say that this year three was normal, and we all remember the schedule that Nebraska was supposed to play, pretty tough, uh, included Cincinnati. Uh, Are they still undefeated, Cincinnati? Yeah, they're tough. Um, Do you feel like maybe that this condensed weird season, which will always have an asterisk, in the long run could possibly help Frost at Nebraska because Nebraska struggled this year and at times looked like a really, really bad team. Uh, Who knows what their record would be right now if it was a normal year. You talk about those non-conference games, but South Dakota State's a good program. Uh, Cincinnati probably would have won. Ohio State obviously still on the schedule, Northwestern, Wisconsin, you would have guaranteed to play Wisconsin, Iowa.
1: Uh, I mean, what what, what would their record have been? That's the thing. It's like, yeah, he's going to be able to have that asterisk of saying this was a messed up year. Nothing was the way it should be. And if he can go eight and four next year, then it'll all be forgotten. Exactly. So my thoughts, your question, Dan, is so it's Uh, a messed up year for
0: everybody else. People will see. Well, I agree. I'm I'm not making an excuse
2: for him. I'm I'm actually saying
0: that it might have benefited this coaching staff. Yeah, I don't think that that's the case though in my opinion I think that you know when it came down to it football was football and you know Nebraska wanted to play they got to play Nebraska didn't have a ton of guys out for COVID issues they got to play with most of their roster they had injuries uh, affect the roster my
2: question is is like but if this was a normal year Nebraska probably would have had a really really bad record it has a chance to maybe go four and four and even though this year has not been great for
0: Nebraska what what does it look like in a normal year four and eight I think I might've maybe been around the same, maybe around 500. So um, I get what you're saying, Dan, you know, in the what ifs game is always really di- uh, difficult and tricky. Uh, you never know because may- maybe if this was a normal year, maybe preparation would have been a lot more structured, a lot more similar. Maybe the coaches could have advanced the way that they wanted to to change their teaching with some of these players. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I get the point, but I don't know. And, and from the public perception this year is what it is, and I don't know that there's going to be a, a ton of grace extended toward this coaching staff uh, based on the results, given the circumstances that surrounded this year.
1: I think they do get a little bit of, uh, uh, people will give them a little bit of grace on this season because you don't look at this result and think, well, yes, everybody else do. You just, people tend to look at themselves and think of themselves. So I think that's the way they'll they'll, they'll go about it.
0: But hey, one more chance to try to get it closer to 500 for the Huskers. It's this Saturday against Minnesota. Game time, 11 a.m. Surprise, surprise. Dan Corey loves his coffee and football. So does Brett Baker. Breakfast pizza guys too, right?
1: Actually, Good I lunch. went with uh, cinnamon and apple oatmeal this week, but, you know.
0: I just know for fun for some people, you know, putting certain cocktails in the mug at certain hours just don't quite always jive. But, hey, the Huskers play football. It is senior day on Saturday. Game will be televised on PTN or FS1. I don't know if we know quite yet. It'll be televised. And if you're not sure, 1011, we're on TV and we'll have coverage leading up to the game. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and at 1011now.com. With Dan Corey I'm Brett Baker, I'm Kevin Suits. Thanks for listening to the In Report Podcast.
1: You've been listening to the In Report Podcast from 1011now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app. This is an alert from your stay to today now. during severe weather season with push notifications from the 1011 Now Weather app. Download the 1011 Now Weather app for free today.